0: Welcome to the PEP Talk Podcast, brought to you by Arlington Community Schools. I'm Erin Williams. And I'm Janere Johnson. Well, you may be
1: wondering what PEP stands for. PEP stands for Parent Education Program. Um, And the goal of this platform is to prioritize mental health and share some practical resources to help you as parents support their child's development and well-being. In other words,
0: the everyday. The everyday. This is Podcast 01, and today we're going to chat about depression. We're
1: going to define mental health. We're going to learn some risk factors, identify some warning signs,
0: and learn ways to just help your child. When we're starting to talk about mental health, we need to define what mental health is. So, Janir, what is mental health? Well, good mental health um,
1: is our feelings, thinking, emotions, and moods, okay? Um, It's important for a happy, healthy, and productive life. All right. So just as uh, we're looking out for our physical health, we need to also look out for our mental health.
0: So when we're thinking about our students, we're thinking about are they able to learn? Are they able to feel and express and manage um, emotions, both positive emotions? They're feeling happy, excited um, and negative emotions. uh, Maybe they're feeling frustrated or angry. Are they able to express that to you, and then are they able to manage that? Also, when we're thinking about good mental health, we're thinking about are your students, is your child able to form relationships with others, and then maintain those relationships long term?
1: Also, um, a way what stands in the way of good mental health is stress. Well, unmanaged stress. Some stress can be good, um, but unmanaged stress can lead to um, mental health problems um, and physical. Um, issues as well have you seen that with elementary students
0: oh yes so when we're talking about physical symptoms it really in kindergarten through 12th and even we see this as adults um, stress comes out in the body and the body will tell you um, that you're stressed especially for our elementary babies when they're feeling stressed when they're feeling worried um, it comes out with tummy aches. Um, Maybe they're feeling those butterflies. They're starting to feel uh, maybe some headaches or dizzy. Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm over at the high school, and so what I'm seeing with students there are students that are struggling with um, those social uh, relationships that causes stress. Um, Of course, the academic, the rigor um, of the high school causes some stress and then some family issues. Um, so I see a lot of that over there at the high school. And so what I try to help students do is kind of manage that by, um, you know, helping them develop an arsenal of tools they can use mm-hmm. to kind of manage that.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about the symptoms and the definition of depression, just so we can get into this a little bit more with helping our families with depression. So what is depression?
1: Well, According to Erica's Lighthouse, depression is a medical term that defines a specific disorder of the brain. It's more than just sad or depressed mood um, that all of us feel from time to time.
0: You said it's more than sad or depressed mood. How long does depression have to go on before it could actually be diagnosed by a mental health professional as depression? Um, I would think that it would be,
1: according to the DSM, I think it's about um, a couple weeks, and you have to see a marked deficit in, in functioning. Students will come in. Um, and they will um, be irritable. Um, and that's mainly due to um, poor sleep, um, poor eating habits, and just lack of having a, um, a schedule in place or some sort of system in place. And so I've worked with students on getting some sort of process in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times I've used the, the example of, you know, Chick-fil-A. Well, when you go to Chick-fil-A, it tastes the same all the time, right? Because they have a a specific system and process in place where wherever you go, you're going to taste the same thing. Um, And so that's what I tell students. you got to have the process in place. And if you have a good process, then you're always going to end up with the great end result. Um, And so I help, you know, kind of organize. I have a stripe session to help organize um, students' academic uh, load as well as their extracurricular um, and expectations that they have at home. So making sure they have a schedule in place, knowing what comes next um, will kind of decrease that level of stress and anxiety.
0: Yeah, so you're kind of describing like developing that routine and that predictability. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking over at the middle school, really all of the grades, but uh, cognitive symptoms. So we we start to see students with a drop in grades or difficulty paying attention in class or making decisions. That often um, appears first with depression. Mm -hmm. Um, So frequently, especially, you know, the younger children, these symptoms are accompanied by the physical symptoms, which we talked about earlier. That might be agitation. Mm-hmm. They're feeling fatigued. Um, maybe after a good night of um, sleep, they're still exhausted. Um, we're seeing changes in um, sleeping patterns as well. So they are staying up all night. They're not able to sleep. Or maybe they're <laughs> it's hard to get your child up in the morning. Right, right. Um, they're not wanting to come to school. They're so tired. Appetite or weight changes a lot of that um slowed speech slow movement almost like lethargic mm-hmm. um and then they'll get those headaches stomach aches and other aches and pains as well right
1: okay so Erin you were talking about um what you're seeing over at the middle school so what you were saying sounds like maybe just a typical teenager but tell me about like what is the difference between a typical teenager and someone who's really struggling with depression
0: yeah, so okay, I'm thinking about 5th grade, 6th grade, going into that big transition into middle school. We start to see a shift, um, a hormonal shift, um, change of mood and feelings frequently, day to day, minute to minute. But then we also see a shift in approval. Approval for children usually goes to adults. They want their teachers to love them Mm -hmm. and care about them in elementary. And that shifts, and it turns to peer approval. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've got um, a lot more focus on ourselves, a lot more focus on everybody's looking at me, everybody's worried. Um, But the difference is when we're talking about depression, it's normal for our our children to have different emotions and feelings throughout the day. Um, But this is a child that doesn't pick back up. Right. They don't have um, maybe they don't have the self-awareness that they know how they're feeling all of the time. I'd say awareness is a big component of that. Mm-hmm. But this is a child that is also constantly in this state of, um, you know, being lethargic, being moody, being emotional. And they're not picking up and maybe they're losing an interest in activities that they were previously interested. In. They don't want to do cheer anymore. They, um, you know, they want to come home and they want to lay in their bed. I would say, hey, these are signs and symptoms something is off mm-hmm. because this is a very social time. Um, so a lot of kids, they're going to have a rough day. There's going to be some, um, you know, some peer conflicts. But generally, day-to-day, they're looking to spend time with those peers mm-hmm. um, and that kind of thing. So I would say that's a major difference. Yeah.
1: And for me, over at the high school, what, I, what what I would share is the just lack of resilience um right. ability to pop back as well um and especially especially when it comes to these romantic mm. relationships yeah. oh my goodness um they come in and it is just it is just a mess um to see the condition of some of the students when they come in when the relationship has ended. Um, and just the no motivation to do any work or come to school or, you know, take care of their, even their personal hygiene, like it's, it's just that bad. So um, at least on the high school level, the, the, one of the main things that I'm seeing is, is um, when they break up with that boyfriend or that girlfriend, um, it really takes a toll on them. And that comes from, you know, wanting to be accepted, wanting to be, you know, loved and, and you know, cared for by others other than your parents. Um, and they just they just can't handle it.
0: And it sounds like what you're talking about is really circumstantial. So Mm -hmm. there are circumstances that are risk factors, Mm -hmm. you know, loss. You're talking about relationships. That's definitely something that is a risk factor. Mm -hmm. All right. So we have talked about the warning signs for elementary, middle, and high school. Let's start talking about some solutions and what parents can do to help their child Junior. Okay. So one of the things you can do, first of all, trust your
1: instincts. Um, You know your baby better than anyone else. Um, So when you start to notice things that are just unusual or uncharacteristic of your child, um, ask the questions. You know, I noticed that, you know, um, you've not played your video game as much as much or you haven't, you know, talked to whoever the best friend is as much or you've been in your room a whole lot. You're not eating dinner with us like you normally do. Um, Call them out on those behaviors and um, see if they're willing to talk to you. Um, Let them know you care about them. Um, Let them know it's not their fault if they're feeling some type of way. Um, and then work together to try to find them some help. Um, let them know you're worried about them. Um, children need to know that you still care, um, even in their, their teenage years. Um, and then also reach out to your your, your students counselor, if they're not comfortable talking with you um, or you know one of us our a social worker or social transition especially at the schools, uh, will be willing to sit down and have a conversation with your child and kind of dig a little deeper and figure out what is really going on and help them build um, you know, kind of resume their uh, get their resilience back.
0: I love that. Um, I would also say like fostering that supportive environment. Um, so what does that look like from day to day that looks like healthy meals and nutrition? Um, sitting down with your child, eating a healthy meal, making sure that they're eating, taking note of that, Mm -hmm. Um, practicing some type of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many resources. Janir, you love the Calm app. I
1: do. I do. I love the Calm app. (laughs) What
0: does the Calm app even have on it? So the Calm app
1: has uh, sleep stories on there. It's got um, some guided meditations, um, some rain sounds. Um, And for a moment there, it was free. Um, and we use it every night at my house. So um, my children use it. I use it with them of girls, 11 and 9. Uh, we use it every night for a sleep sword to kind of calm their brains. My husband uses it. Nice. Um, he was resistant at first, but he uses it now every night to um, get, get good rest. So it's really, really good.
0: Yes, that's an excellent way to practice mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Eight hours of sleep a night, making sure that baby yes. is sleeping. Eight hours. Yes, eight They hours. need more than that, really, but really eight it. hours. Um, encouraging exercise. That's a great way to get some stress and tension out. Um, let's go ahead and move out we, you did talk about getting them some help so there's school counselors we can refer out we have a SOS packet which yes. is the support opportunities packet with um, community resources educating you said something about Erica's Lighthouse so that is an excellent resource right? yes
1: yeah, so some of the information that we kind of shared today came from Erica's Lighthouse um, and so um, that will be listed in our, our
0: show notes show
1: notes that will yeah, be listed in our show, show notes, notes. Um, So you can take a look there. They have an excellent handbook for parents um, about what to do. They have worksheets on, you know, things you can ask the doctor when you go to your appointment um, to help your child, um, things to ask the school counselor um, so that you're prepared um, to have that conversation with a mental health professional.
0: I would also like, let's go ahead and finish on taking care of yourself. Um, And this is twofold. This is not just taking care of our children, but it's also taking care of ourselves so we can be the best parents and the best support for our children too. And that looks at um, looking at taking care of ourselves. So coping strategies. Mm-hmm. So doing something you love. Mm-hmm. Coping strategies can be anything that, as long as it's not harmful, um, that helps you. Mm-hmm. Journaling. We talked about mindfulness. We're going to talk about self-care. I, mm, self-care is not a cupcake. Self-care is not a bubble bath. A bubble bath <laughs> take taking care of yourself, whatever that means. Maybe that is saying no. My name is no. <laughs> My sign is no. <laughs> Absolutely no is a complete sentence. It's okay to set some boundaries. Self-care anything that helps us in that moment. So, I want to leave us with that. Anything else you want to add to that, Janir? I think you kind of summed it up pretty good. All right. Yep. Well, thank you all for coming to our podcast. Again, we'll have all of our resources in the show notes. I hope you have a good day. Bye.